Welcome to the Business Animal Podcast. Saddle up for a gallop to the top of the animal industry, where you'll learn how to tame your wild business beast with tips, techniques, and tools that will take overwhelm to obedience school and have you wagging your tail with joy. And now your hosts, Kim Beer and Kara Taylor Swift. Hey there, business animals. It's Kim with Be More Business. And Kara with Fast Horse Photography. Good morning. Good morning and welcome to the business animal. We don't know necessarily that it's a good morning where you are. You could be listening to this in the evening. That's part of the fun of podcasting. But it's morning where we're at right now. That's what matters to us. And we've been going since very early this morning, running on caffeine and laughter. Yes, caffeine and laughter. And no food, apparently. And no food. Yet this morning. So Kara's had no food and only caffeine. I've had no caffeine, three almonds, and yeah. four cherries. So Well, I pretty much run on caffeine, so I'm at the top of my game today. Let's do this. <laughs> oh, goodness. That's, uh, I quit drinking caffeine. I've been caffeine-free for over a month and a half. I'm sorry. I don't really know how I'm making it through life, but I am. That sounds terrible. You poor thing. I'm fueled on my own creative joy. Oh, well, that brings us to today's topic, Kim, connecting to your creative magic. How convenient of you to work that right in there. That's right. It was my strategy all along. Yeah. So today's episode is about creativity and funny story. So last episode, Kara challenged me with figuring out a different way to do the intro for the show instead of, hey, there are business animals. And you can see I was really creative with that and changed it. <clears throat> no, I didn't. Uh, so I am going to have to figure out how to get more creative because I, I do love a good creative challenge, but somewhere down the line, I'm going to figure out a way to mix that up in a fun and um, exciting way. I tell that story for the point of the episode today is all about how to connect to your creativity. And sometimes that's really hella hard. <laughs> Especially when you are a business owner and you have to figure out how to be creative kind of on demand. It's also something that I have a tremendous, and I know Kara does uh, as well, has a tremendous amount of experience with. I have been in a creative business for over, oh, good God, this is a horrible thing to say, 30 years now. Geez, you must be old. I am. I'm getting really old. And if I'm going to be honest, <laughs> it, it really is over 30 years. Where I've had to be creative for other people, my entire livelihood has depended upon my creativity. And I often think of it as a as an amazing life skill that I was gifted by spirit and source to be able to navigate this life. Creativity is always really an important topic to me, whether it's in business, whether it is in art and design or writing or in relationships, in the ranch. I mean, everywhere I go, creativity is part of what sustains me and it's part of what moves me forward. Whether it is, and I, I we laughed because I, I brought this up in our pre-discussion of the episode, um, whether it's, you know, finding a creative way to keep goats in a pen. <laughs> I mean, honestly, goats are really good at getting out. It's it's making sure that they stay in. And I will tell you, there's some creative design going on in our goat pen <laughs> in order to stymie goats from getting out. Well, and I can't tell you how many times and how many different ways that I've had to use baling twine and duct tape 
to figure out a problem. So, you know, I think that's kind of where Kim and I are going with this. Like not everyone that listens to this podcast is probably working in a creative field. Most of you, as a matter of fact, are out there working your animal, your pet, your equine based business. And you're thinking to yourself, why in the world do I need to even think about being creative? You know, why is it important to be creative in the first place? Right. And that's what we're trying to say here is that all of what we're going to talk to today comes back to, believe it or not, if you're trying to figure out how to fix a halter with a piece of duct tape or bailing twine or keep a gate closed so that your goats aren't getting out and ruining your garden, then you're using creativity. Am I right, Kim? Absolutely. And when it comes to, I know a lot of people who listen to this podcast also are very keen on entrepreneurship and marketing their businesses. And both of those are incredibly creative endeavors, incredibly creative. Entrepreneurship in and of itself is is taking something that doesn't even exist yet and building it and creating it from scratch. And that is an amazing feat. So if you own a business and you started a business, you are really living a creative life. And a lot of the examples that we're going to talk about today are going to be based around creative businesses or using your creativity to be able to do things like your marketing programs or outreach or, you know, a a variety, public relations, customer service, all of those kind of things are going to fall into that category. But the truth is, is that the act of entrepreneurship is a creative act. And I think we need to be really aware of the fact and honoring of the fact that we all are creators in and of our own right. Sometimes that comes a lot easier than other times. So I think this would be a good time for us to introduce our big three for this episode. Do you want to do that, Kara? Sure. So the three things that we want you guys to think about during this episode, our big three, is first of all, you've got to invite that creative magic into your life, whatever that looks like. So we're going to talk a little bit about why that's important and how, you know, give some tips, some actual tips on how to do that for those of you out there that are like, well, I don't, I don't know where to be creative or how to be creative. I'm just trying to get my job done every single day and get work my business. We're going to talk to you guys a little bit about bringing about creativity by practicing with your tools, what that looks like. And then Kim's going to talk a little bit about reconnecting with your source often. And she, cause she mentioned at the top of the episode, you know, that she felt like she was kind of born with some of that source. And I would say on the flip side of that is I was absolutely not born with creative source. No fairies gifted me with anything. I popped out and I didn't have much of a creative bone in my body and I really had to work that muscle. So I'm excited to kind of hear what she says about that point. So that's our big three. You ready to jump in? I am. I am. So the the first one of the big three is to invite creative magic into your life. Start by making space for it, both in your physical world And in your mind, in your heart, in your soul, however you want to think about all of you, you have to start by creating a space for you to be creative in. That's your first act of creation is to create that space. And then also creating time. 
for yourself to be creative. Those are the first two things. And when people tell me, like I do a lot of work and consulting with very creative businesses. There are usually coaches. I do a lot of work with artists as well. And when I see artists struggling, especially or or coaches or anybody in entrepreneurship struggling with their creativity, it's often because they haven't created a space for that. As a writer, to me, I don't, I'm kind of have a traveling space for writing. But what I have is I have an iPad and that wherever the iPad is, when it's in its little suit with the keyboard, that is my space to write in. So I have that kind of trigger. So it doesn't always have to be like you have to dedicate a whole room to your house to this activity. <laughs> but it's it's creating that space to know that when I sit down at a table and the iPad is there and it's open and the keyboard is there, that's my trigger to know that I am in my creative space. And so many times I don't, I see people struggle with this. They're, they're like, I don't understand how to be more creative or I'm not a very creative person. And I'm like, well, have you even started by saying I have room for this and making it a priority? I think that's a big first step. Well, the big thing is, is if you're going to have to lift hay bales onto a stack once a week for your animals, you have to literally go out and lift those hay bales on a regular basis to be able to lift them. If you are going to be in the saddle for hours at a time, then your butt needs to be used to being in a saddle all of the time. I like to think of my creativity as a muscle that absolutely has to be worked. If I put the camera down for too long and I haven't picked it up and then I have to walk into a photo shoot, it's like that muscle is fatigued in my brain. It has to be physically worked. And it's like you like to say, it's a well that absolutely needs to be refilled from time to time. Exactly, exactly. And I'm going to get a little bit more woo woo on you. So I always think of my, (laughs) my creativity is connected to my muse, right? So the muse from Greek mythology that helps inspire you, there was actually a whole a whole slate of them for for different reasons. But I always feel like I do have a muse and I'm going to say a bad word. So if you have kids, cover up their ears. But my muse can be a fickle bitch sometimes. <laughs> she She's... She's very temperamental. (laughs) Yeah, thanks. She's very temperamental. She gets angry at me if I don't listen to her. She'll leave for weeks at a time. (laughs) I don't know where she goes off the parties, gets drunk. I don't know what she does. But the thing is, is that I have to have a good relationship with her. And if I ignore her for a long period of time, she's not very nice to me. So I have to, again, create that space and time to spend with my muse. But then once I'm in that time and space, I have to pay attention and I have to honor that connection I have with my muse, which you can replace God, universe, source, whatever you want into that muse word. But it's an important relationship and good relationships are built on mutual respect. And when I constantly push off my muse or ignore her, that's disrespectful. And she's like... (laughs) screw you. I'm going to go do something else. I'm going to go play with somebody else for a little while. And if you want to follow that particular thought process a little further, if you connected it to it a little bit, I highly recommend Elizabeth Gilbert's book, Big Magic. I love that book. Because it talks a little bit about 
how ideas are like that and you form a contract with them. I've always felt that way about my muse, about that relationship I have with that creative spirit that guides me and feeds me. And sometimes it's almost like I've heard people say they have a download. It's that download feeling. I'm working on this card deck right now for a tarot card deck that's associated with horses. Part of the process is I have to come up with these really creative ways to figure out how horses would live each life lesson represented in the the tarot deck. And it's truly a download at night sometimes. I I go to sleep going, how in the world am I going to make a horse be able to balance two coins and be able to represent that? (laughs) And overnight, my muse will download it into my brain and I'll have a really good idea the next morning. And I know I'm not the only person that does that, even though it sounds a little out there and weird. I know I'm not the only person who gets downloads from their creative guides. So if you're out there not your head and make me feel not like a weirdo. Because <laughs> Kara's going, you're just strange, Kim. You're just a weirdo. <laughs> We're so opposites. <laughs> so of course, I come at that with the perspective of, I have some bullet pointed ideas and techniques that I think work really well to work that creative muscle. So we're going to bring you back to now. earth now. <laughs> yes. Yes, because I don't have a fairy that comes to me at night and gives me ideas. So y'all that don't have fairies, listen up, okay? A couple things that I suggest doing that I do, that I like to do, and that other people that I've talked to about this subject do, and and it seems to be helpful, is first of all, set up, I I call it idea dumping or parking lotting. Parking lotting? Is that a word? I don't even know if that's a word. Creating a parking lot. That's probably what I mean. Parking lotting? Well, I don't know. Creating a parking lot. So (laughs) just having a space that you can just during the day, you're going to be busy. You're going to be in the car. You're going to be working on a deadline, but you're going to have an idea pop into your head. And it might just be the tiniest little spark of an idea. Have a place that's near you at all times. Maybe it's a note on your phone. That's where I keep mine a lot of times. And just write, drop that idea in there. And you're saving it and you're not going to have to worry about forgetting it because nothing makes me matter when I'm ready to work on that idea. And I can't remember what the idea was because I forgot to put it in my idea dumping area. So Kim, I think you call this, of course, like a glimmer journal. Would you like to talk about that a little bit? Yes, I would like to talk about, (laughs) I would like to talk about that, but I'm going to tell you, you have a muse and she's the same fickle bitch that mine is because that's what she does. She gives you ideas while you're driving down the highway and you have no place to write them down. And then she's like, well, you didn't pull over and write it down. So I'm going to take that idea back out of your brain. Can't have I mean, it no maybe more. I don't picture I don't picture mine with wings and stuff like that. I mean, she's probably got a graying hairline down the center and needs a, a dye job pretty bad. But um, yeah, I feel you. Okay, I probably <laughs> she's have stressed well. out because she so. has, yeah she's stressed out because she has to work with you. I I swear to God, mine smokes cigarettes. So and when I quit smoking twenty years ago, she's like, I don't like you anymore because you quit smoking. I I don't want to deal with a non-smoker. So I know she smokes, but that's about it. So the Glimmer Journal, let's bring that back to reality. So a few years ago, I had a wonderful experience of going to a writer's conference. It was a conference. It was a workshop clinic kind of thing. It was called Aspen Words, I believe. Anyway, that's all beside the point. The bigger point to that is one of my favorite authors 
was there and she was leading the group that I was in and I enrolled with. Her name is Pam Houston and she wrote a book called Cowboys Are My Weakness, which is one of my favorite books of all time. So if you like cowboy stories and you like strong women with good opinions, definitely go read Cowboys Are My Weakness. Anyway, part of what she, I walked away from that workshop with was that she says she keeps a glimmer journal. She calls them glimmers. And I've always remembered that because I thought that was such a wonderful thought because I like the twinkly thought of a glimmer, right? So she keeps a little journal of those creative thoughts that come her way and she captures them there. And what's more than that is she's taken those glimmers, like a glimmer, and turned it into a story or turned it into a book. And she has another book called Contents May Have Shifted, and I may have gotten that title wrong, but it's pretty close to that, where she uses a lot of those glimmers that are trained together as a book. So that creative act of doing that, of of keeping those notes, of keeping a glimmer journal, of keeping a parking lot (laughs) of ideas, that's a great idea to, to be able to create that space and in your mind and your heart for those creativity ideas. And your muse feels like she's listened to, so she comes back. Your equine-based business has unique needs. It's your job to tell the story of your horse brand. You know what you want to say, but creating or finding powerful storytelling images that grab the attention of your ideal client can be a challenge, especially when you're busy running your business. That's why equine industry business leaders turn to Fast Horse Photography and a library featuring thousands of searchable images available for businesses just like yours. And guess what? 100% of those images are horse-related. Now, finding the right horse images for your website, social media, and all your other needs is easier than ever. Find the perfect images for your equine business right now at FastHorsePhotography.com. That's FastHorsePhotography.com. Awesome. So some other ways to work that creative muscle, you have to plan time and space to be creative. It has to be on your calendar. It has to be something that you've dedicated to nothing else to that time besides sitting down and letting your brain run. Kim, you mentioned the free writing exercise for writers or for people that just need to get what's in their head out. Can you mention that? Just kind of tell people briefly what that is. Yeah. Stream of consciousness. So, and this also triggers, yeah, it's called stream of consciousness writing. This also triggers other creativity, by the way, even if you are a photographer or an artist, artist or an entrepreneur, or you need to fix your coat fence, this actual technique will help you with that. Basically what you do is you find a quiet place and a piece of paper. And I'm sorry, but this needs to be on a piece of paper versus typed. It works better if you handwrite it. And you're not going to keep it. As a matter of fact, you're not even going to read it again. But just sit down and whatever comes in your head, write it down. Even if it's, I don't know what to say. I have not a clue. This exercise is stupid. (laughs) I cannot believe I'm sitting here with a blank piece of paper and a pen. So whatever comes into your head, put it down on that piece of paper. And then at the end of it, you can toss the piece of paper. It You don't need to keep it. And if you're a visual artist too that uses like paints, you can also use that same concept where you take a piece of paper that is absolutely trash. You're going to throw it away, get your paints and just slop them all over it. And however it comes to you, it's like plugging in to an outlet. It jumpstarts your creativity. It, it really does work. 
it only takes about 10 to 15 minutes. You don't have to do it for a really long period of time. In that 10 to 15 minutes, you're going to find a lot of creative responses once you get past the, this exercise is stupid, I can't believe I'm writing this stuff that comes out of your head. It's super helpful. Which is how they all start. <laughs> Which is how they all start. Your inner editor needs to learn how to go sit down and take a seat. And that's another episode we should probably do at some point is your inner critic, your inner editor. But you've got to teach them to go sit down and let the muse or creative spirit come through. And that exercise helps because the inner editor is not worried about it so much. <laughs> I will say so much as if, if it's not going anywhere, if all you're going to do is ball it up into a big wad and throw it in the trash or burn it, that inner critic is not worried about it as much as it, it would be otherwise. So you can actually get through that noise and into the creativity. And I went back in the woo-woo space. So I'm going to turn you back over to reality and Kara. That's okay. I'm always here to bring you back. <laughs> yep. I'm always here to bring you back to my bullet points. So number three on ways that you can jumpstart that creative muscle include seeking out things that inspire you. And I say inspire you because you do not need to be passionate about everything that I'm about to talk about. But I do want to give you encouragement to go ahead and follow just even the smallest of curiosities to see where they might take you. So seek out the things that inspire you, but you've got to do this alone, okay? Visit bookstores, go to antique shops, go to the movies by yourself, take a walk in nature. I'll tell you, I have gotten some of the craziest and fun ideas from walking through an antique store by myself. Oh, yeah. And just taking the time to look at things. I look at textures, I touch things. I look at old pictures and paintings and it's just a great way to kind of get my mind rolling and I've got my little note there with me so as I get ideas I can be writing things down. I love to do that. In nature, I'll tell you anytime I am just struggling, if I just go outside and sit and throw the ball for my dogs for a little while, it makes a big difference in you know, getting my brain back to where it needs to be in a creative space. I also recommend starting that creativity log. So, you know, we talked about that already. Like that is that place once again, where you compile all the things that you see hear, or think about during each day. And it's a place that you can save it to come back later when you're ready to work on something new. Setting up your workspace to inspire you. This is a big one. If you come in and sit down at your desk every day and it looks kind of like mine does right now, because I'm in the middle of a project, but it's just covered in papers. I've got multiple pairs of reading glasses at various stages of being opened on my desk right now about 1500 sticky notes but they're all in one giant pile like kind of teetering off the side of the desk you know think about that space is this a creative space for you to work in right now and even if that means at the beginning of your day take a few minutes to just kind of pick up your space I work so much happier and better in my studio when it looks clean and organized and it gets me excited to kind of start that day. I'm going to stop you for a second because I also want to let people off the hook that don't like working in a clean space. <laughs> so she meant to set it up to inspire you. For me, when I write, I write the best when I go to a noisy, crazy coffee house. I have written some of my best poetry and best short stories in an absolute chaotic environment. For some reason, chaos that's not connected to me. Now, it can't be connected to me. <laughs> 
it has to be other people's chaos. Well, I think that's the key. Your workspace has to inspire you, whatever that looks like for you. If chaos inspires you, again, for me, it's chaos that's not connected to me. It can't be attached to me. But other people's chaos, I can create in. I remember sitting in an Apple store, and if you've been in an Apple store, you know how crazy busy they are. And I was waiting for an Apple Mm. Genius. And it took like an hour and a half and I sat there and wrote a blog post and it was one of the best blog posts I've ever written. So just know it's how it inspires you. Creativity is your personal connection and it can be a little bit weird. It's okay. (laughs) All right, Kara, back to the bullet points because you got some good stuff in here. I really like some of the things that you've got. Well, the next point that I have to make is one that some people are not going to want to hear, but it's about exercise. And it sounds cliche, but exercising your body really does help you be creative. I like to think about creativity can be powered by health. So, you know, we talk about health in terms of being healthy so that we can do things. And but I don't think we often think about exercising and the act of exercising and getting outdoors and taking a jog or lifting weights as powering creativity. So I like to encourage people to kind of think about it that way as another incentive to get out there and be active and healthy and just to kind of boost that muscle. And then one of my favorite things to do, and this is an easy one for most people, is when you're on social media or you're looking for inspiration, follow other creative people. I would say if you're like me and you're a horse photographer, that doesn't mean go follow all of the horse photographers to see what they're doing. It means find different types of photographers or different types of art and follow that and look and see what's happening out in the world that you're not involved in, you know, and that really does give me a lot of different inspiration when I'm putting together concept shoots or just trying to think about different ideas that I want to work on. Kim, I know you can add a lot to that too. Yes. On the following creative people, I think sometimes people get a little bit afraid to follow other creatives. And I think that you should let go of that if you have a block against that. I think people worry, oh, am I going to copy them? Am I going to appropriate their style or something like that? Don't, Don't worry about that. Everybody brings their own unique viewpoint to their creativity and to their Mm -hmm. work. Creativity, though, is contagious. And anytime that you follow another person that is creative, it attracts your muse, your fairy, whoever you want to think about. It attracts your own creativity and it's like honey and sweet, good chocolate. It's food for them. And so it's great for you to be able to have that connection with other creatives. I would take that one step further and I would say, go find a group of people to hang out with. Go to places where creatives go. I love going to the art house where my work is at uh, in Kansas City because I get to have that space with other creatives and just being in their energy and being around people who are creating is great. It's it's a wonderful way for you to do that and for you to sit in that and bask in it because it is contagious and it's, it's definitely something that you want to catch <laughs> so you can have more of it for yourself. Every small business owner wants to gain traction in their marketing. After three decades of working with small business owners just like you, I have developed what I call my 4x4 marketing method. 
In just one 90-minute session, you'll discover the four major focus areas of a successful marketing plan, and together we'll uncover where your business is getting stuck. You'll leave the session with an action plan of next steps that engage your revenue engine. Drop by bemorebusiness.com to request your session today. That's B-E-M-O-R-E business.com. See you there. Find those local community meetups, the art walks. Oh, art walks are fun. You know, just anytime you've got the art festivals, like go out and spend time at those places and interact with people that are have to be creative, you know, interact. Even if you're in a field where you're not creative, like go find a way to be around other people that are creative. If you're, if you're into gardening, you know, for example, or you run a flower business, go and look and see what other people are doing in that industry. But there are so many places that people will be creative that you can pull from and bring into your own industry. So, and like Kim said, like, don't be afraid that you're copying someone. Yes, most things out there have been done before. The truth is, is it hasn't been done by you and it doesn't have your spin and your unique eye and your unique thoughts. And so don't be afraid of that. Just get creative. Yeah. Figure out a way to change it. That's what you need to do. So one other suggestion I have before we move on to the second of our big three is a book. It's called uh, The Artist's Way by Julia Cameron. And it's been around for a really long time. It's basically a 12-step program to recover your creativity. And a lot of the things that we've talked about, I know Kara's not really familiar with this book, but the things that she outlined in in her bullet points, many of them are chapters in this book or they're, they're recurring themes in it. The way the artist way works best is if you join a group, it can be a solo endeavor, but that whole connecting to your creativity through others and the fact creativity is contagious is helpful. So if you can join an artist's way group and there's tons of them, there's they're everywhere because the book has been around a while. I know the art group from the church I go to at Unity Village and Lee Summit has one. I know that there's another one through a networking organization that I'm through in Kansas City called the Central Exchange. So wherever you are in the world, even in the kind of backwards Midwest, we have these artist way groups. So I know there's some in your area as well. If not, buy the book and start your own because <laughs> it's a really great process for you to reconnect to your creativity, especially if you feel lost. Like if you're one of the people who's sitting and listening to this right now going, I don't know, my muse left. She's on an extended vacation. All the stuff Kara said, I am, I've tried and it's just not working for me. The artist's way is definitely a prescription for reconnecting to your creativity in a very profound way. So I highly recommend it. I do recommend the group experience though over the solo because I don't know of anybody who's tried to do it on their own that actually got through all 12 steps, but the groups tend to get through all of them and it's it's a great thing if you can finish the entire piece. Okay. Does that bring us to big three number two, Kim, practicing with your tools? That does. So to me, you've got to use what your creativity is. Otherwise, whatever you're doing for creativity, you've got to use it. And the best way to use it is to practice it. And I'll start off by telling a little bit story on myself. I've been a professional photographer for a really long time. I've already dated myself <laughs> in this episode, so I don't need to add a year figure to that. Just know it's a really long time. And 
with COVID and everything, I haven't been shooting much because I haven't been using that that particular creative muscle a lot because frankly, most of the things that I normally do for it have been canceled or rescheduled due to COVID. And when we got to Karen, I just were on a retreat at the Dryhead Ranch in Montana with a, a lovely family. And it, we do a retreat there every year uh, with our friend Phyllis. And I just wasn't feeling it when I got to the Dryhead. I was like, oh, this is just, I'm just not feeling it. And I was just not happy with any of the pictures I was taking. And I had this real inclination to not use my camera. As a matter of fact, the first couple of days, this is really odd for me because I am definitely a card-carrying member of Overshooters Anonymous. But the first two days we were there, Kara, I only shot 500 pictures. That sounds impossible. That's like <laughs> nothing. And I know other people are going, yeah, but 500 pictures? <laughs> that sounds like a crazy amount. But In today's digital age, not. that's nothing. <laughs> <laughs> that's like, that's not even like using your camera. And then I had a thought. I'm like, you just need to be taking photos. You just need to, to yep. use your tools. And so I just started taking pictures. And to be honest, I'll, I'll confess, I put the camera on P, which stands for program, so I didn't have to think of the settings. Um, and just started. I that stood for professional. <laughs> I think it does. But anyway, I am one of those professional <laughs> photographers that admits that I don't always shoot on manual. <laughs> I don't know about the rest of the world admitting that. I, I have my suspicions. But anyway, I'm happy to say I shoot on professional program mode all the time. Anyway, I just started shooting and having fun. And I was really just looking for things that were different. And basically, the creativity didn't feel like it was was there. But by using my tool, by picking up the camera and using it, by the third day, I shot like on the third day when we had the horses running, I think I shot like 2,500 photos <laughs> of, of the horse herd and the horses running. I mean, by that point, and then when I got back to my room and I looked at my photos, I was so excited about what I had shot and I was pumped. I was actually interested in what I was doing. And I don't think it will take people that long in general, <laughs> but um, it's just, it's using your tool. It's picking up whatever it is that makes you creative and using it even when you feel like what is coming out of it is just garbage and you're not going to want to use it, that you're going to want to throw it away. If you're a writer, you know, write the story anyway. And if it's shit, it's okay. Nobody has to know. <laughs> Nobody has to know. Just use your tool. Basically, what you just said in that story is that, you know, in practice comes creativity. And if you are a photographer, exactly. or you're using pictures or the taking of pictures, the creating of images, as your muse for your creativity, then take the time to learn your camera, learn the settings, work with different types of light, play with your editing, you know, but you have to do it, even if you're not loving what you're getting at that time. Yeah. If you're a writer, practice writing, you know, use your, your pencil, your paper, your notebook, your fancy tablet, whatever you have, actually use that and start writing. You know, the reality of this is, though, is that, Kim, you were allowed to have kind of that brain fart first couple of days at this retreat because you weren't being paid to create <laughs> images, right? But the truth is, is that all of us out there right now working these animal-based businesses, we have to 
be creative on demand sometimes. We have to be creative on someone else's time schedule. We have to solve problems using our creative brains to get a job done that will help generate income for our lives and for our businesses. So practicing with those tools and actively working to seek that creativity in our lives and working that muscle, talking to your fairy muse, whatever that is for you, like it has to happen so that when the time comes that you have to be creative on demand or creative on someone else's time schedule that you've got a base to jump from when that needs to happen. Absolutely. I also want to mention in this area where we're talking about this, it's not sometimes just somebody else's time or on demand that you have to be creative, but you also sometimes have to be creative to other people's expectations. And that gets even harder. At some point, maybe we need to do another whole episode just based on our experiences around that. But I know for me, I've been a graphic designer as a portion of my business for the entire time I have been in in business and graphic design is all about creating a piece of art that is to someone else's specifications and expectations and then you have to be able to disconnect yourself in some ways from those expectations and specifications because it it becomes a collaboration project instead of just you. And if you get too wound up in that, (laughs) then it eats you alive over time. Because people will change the craziest little details. I remember back at the very first part of my career, I made a logo for a guy that was Caterpillar equipment. He was a heavy construction operator person. And I thought I was cute and clever because I had like Caterpillar equipment, like moving the letters of his business name and it was really (laughs) cute and adorable and I was so impressed and so excited to show it to him and he's like yeah I don't like it I just want the name like, you don't get it. And I was very upset. I was very young at the time. And you have to be able to remove yourself from that situation. And this kind of bridges between our big three, number two, and our the third of the big three. But to bring it back to the number two spot with the practice your tools, the fact that you've practiced enough means that like for that situation, I was able, because I knew my tools well enough, I was able to go, okay, no problem here. Let me let me take the caterpillars out and sort the letters back out. And I knew how to do it well enough to be able to create what he wanted in his logo. And then I did have hurt feelings (laughs) about my cute little catchy logo that I created. But here's the thing. Over the last 30 plus years, I've learned not to let that bother me because of the third of our big three, which is reconnecting to my source often. Source is different for each of us. That creative well that we go to get our inspiration from. Source for you may be working that muscle like Kara has given you all the little ideas on how to keep your journal, how to follow creative people. Maybe that's your source. Maybe that's your well. For others, it's like me where I reconnect to that muse. I reconnect to source. I go back out into nature. Nature is a big source for me, but that's also where I connect to not just the source of my creativity, but the source of my existence on this planet, something much larger than a logo. (laughs) 
<laughs> it's it's a much bigger proposition. It's my purpose. It's my why. It's all of the things that I bring or am connected to in this lifetime to go back to those places where that cup gets refilled so that I have a source to draw on to be able to go back into my life and to do the things I need to do to be creative, problem solve, to overcome obstacles. And the thing is, is when I create or when I am connected to that source in a very profound way, all of the things that derail me from my creativity, like somebody telling me my super creative logo was stupid and that (laughs) I need to fix it the way that they want it, that doesn't matter because I know in the bigger scheme of things, that was his creativity and what he wanted for his logo, what his vision was for his business. And that's him connecting to his source and following that guiding light. What I saw or what I did, I was connected to my own source and therefore it wasn't wrong. It wasn't a bad opinion of me. It wasn't necessarily even a negative opinion of what I created. It was just simply not the right thing for him that that didn't make it the wrong thing for me that makes a weird kind of sense. So having that connection helped me get through that moment (laughs) and also over the years learn how to navigate that with a lot more grace (laughs) than I did at 22 or 23 when that happened. And also to not have fear about going back out and showing the next person the super creative logo that I'd done. And I do have to say, I probably still have a face that sometimes says out loud what I really want to say with my mouth, but uh, (laughs) I'm learning to uh, temper that as well. (laughs) All right. Well, that's my two cents on reconnecting with your source often. And I hope that that made sense to you and everyone else who's listening. And the only thing I would add to that is I think there is some level of fear sometimes around judgment about being judged by what you create. I mean, you just gave that example about the caterpillar and you could have gone on to that next job and then been afraid to be creative and to step outside the lines a little bit. And, you know, when, if you would have done that, you probably would have, you know, really just not brought the magic to that next job. So I think part of being creative is really just kind of releasing that fear and not being afraid of creating something that other people won't like. And, you know, especially if you're in an industry where your income isn't based on your art or your ability to be creative so much as it is a source for you to be creative and then use the tools that you gain from creativity to do your job well or to run your business better, then you don't always have to put everything out to the world. So if you're a I don't know, a poet and you know it, you don't necessarily have to, you know, release your poetry to the world if you don't want to, but, (laughs) but you do, you do have to actively work towards, you know, using your creative outlets so that darn it, when you show up at the barn to work with the horses that you're training, that your brain is in a place where you can troubleshoot things that come up because you've been working that muscle or you've been filling up that well. Yeah, more than just in your brain and in your whole being. Creativity is a risk at every single turn. It is a risky business, but taking the risk 
is always worth it. Even when it doesn't turn out, it's worth the risk of putting out that creative endeavor. Always remember that. Being creative is a lesson in failure sometimes too, and being okay with not getting it right every time. And I mean, every line of work, you're going to make mistakes. You know, anytime you're running a small business, you're going to make mistakes. So, you know, being creative and not doing it well or, or failing at something, it's just another way to work that muscle. And so that when the time comes and you're on the line and you have to make those decisions or you have to make a choice to try something new that maybe you have a little more courage to do that when you need to. Absolutely. Well, everyone, thank you so much for hanging in there with us. We've gone a little longer than we normally do, but this is a really important <laughs> subject, I think, that's near and dear to my heart, and I am I know it is to Kara's as well. So just to review our big three from this episode, first of all, invite that creative magic into your life. Create spaces for it. Keep your glimmer journal. Get connected with those creative people around you. Set up spaces that inspire you. Get some exercise. Get your body moving. Get your creative juices flowing. Keep your muse happy by all means. Don't start smoking though if your muse likes the cigarette smoke. I don't I don't advocate for that. I quit. <laughs> so she just had to get used to it. Um, number two, practice with your tools. As you practice, you build the muscle. You also get to know your tools well enough that it can carry you sometimes even when your total heart and creativity isn't necessarily there. Knowing how to use your tools is definitely a benefit for that. And then finally, go back to that source where you can refill whatever that happens to mean for you and refill your well often so that you have that creative juice to run on down the road. As always, connect with us on social media. We would love to have feedback. Come follow us on Instagram. Uh, Kara does an awesome job with our social media. So I hope that you stop by the website. Definitely hook up with us uh, over email. If you have questions or feedback, leave comments. We, we really want to hear from people. I think that's now that we're into season two and we've kind of got a little bit of the hang of this, now we kind of want to know more about you all <laughs> and what you know, what your feelings are. So we would love to know how you refill your creative well or create space for creativity or what tools you use to practice with. Hey, Kim, I just had a fly land on my monitor. Do you think that might be my creative muse? Trying to reach out to me? <laughs> Possibly. I wouldn't smash it. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, everyone. We'll see you next week. God, you are too much. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Business Animal. Be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. And if you learned something today, leave us a review. To learn more, find us at thebusinessanimal.com. We'd love to hear from you. Until next time, keep your business well-trained with The Business Animal. <laughs>